0: back with the book club series on chapter 11 today
1: yes so chapter 11 is about adopting older children and it is broken down into the following sections now there's a lot in this one so brace yourselves there is (laughs) the first section or all the sections one year of love the issue of touch fear of connection being empathetic difficulties in school the teacher's responsibilities discussing the biological family the wounded parents, healing the adoptive parents, taking care of the biological children, a word about fathers, a chip off the old block, father's support for the mother, and adoptive parents do make a difference. So, as usual, we'll kind of go through the sections that kind of stuck out to us, um, talk about some quotes that we thought were important, and then just kind of sum up at the end. So, Starting off, I think that you said in the beginning you had quite a bit. I oh my God, did. Was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. And it's interesting because, like, when I talk about the summary of the chapter, you'll see it's interesting because I didn't think I related a ton to it, but I must have, obviously. Uh, yeah. I,
1: I, it's kind of weird because adopting older children shouldn't necessarily ring true to us just based on the title. Right, But when it comes down to it, I think there's a lot that makes sense just in general. But anyway, continue.
0: Yeah, so with me, I think, um, gosh, where do I even want to start? Just that I think the past episodes that we've talked about and kind of touched base on, I think it was just recently, uh, chapter 9, I believe, talking about like pre and post counseling and how that is super important. It kind of just touched base on this again, and I thought that was just something that I underlined and really felt... Uh, strongly about because a lot of birth moms first of all don't get that Uh, like with Mm. our birth moms they probably don't even have those type of resources Um, but I think that would just be so so important and Mm -hmm. with this it just really talks about um, although the issues for adoptees are the same regardless of what age they are relinquished and adopted there are some things to consider when adopting older children you know, attachment and separation issues are huge. Um, the traumas place a great deal of responsibility upon the adoptive parents just for understanding, compassion, and restraint in dealing with this difficult behavior. And I just think it's very good for adoptive parents to know, regardless of the age, kind of the breakdowns this book has given, but especially for older adoptees. They have so much more awareness of the different traumas they've gone through so I think that's really just what stuck out with me there obviously I highlighted and underlined a lot but I'm not going to go into super in-depth detail with all of it um but one last part that really just was like I don't know how I felt about it just said parents who adopt older children are often told such things as one year of love Mm. for each year abuse and are led to believe that if they can just love enough these children will be fine of course they never can.
1: Yeah, I actually at the very end of that just highlighted um as you continued. Of course, they never can because the children don't mm-hmm. trust anyone or anything. And I hi- I highlighted why should they? Yes. Like and there's actually a lot in this chapter talking about like what their reactions are, like the next section being the issue of touch being like touch is really scary and traumatic. Mm-hmm. One line being, I won't hurt you, I just want to love you, are words many abusers use to ju- seduce the child. Yes. So the combination of that, the why should they, I thought highlighted the next couple chapters. Like fear of connection really mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Did you have any others to highlight in the first couple of pages?
0: Probably, no, you totally on? touched on the last two things that I think really Perfect. just kind of wrapped that up. And that's exactly what I was feeling.
1: Yeah. With the next one being the fear of connection, issue of touch. Like a lot of this is just like, here are the behaviors- and kind of like why are we surprised? Yeah. Because it's like there's so many things like um going from like the beginning of the fear of connection uh like they wish that the child will be able to trust like just wishing that doesn't translate to trust. Um going into not only are many of these children not grateful, but they're angry, suspicious and hostile like mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that parents have no intention of abusing. They don't know that. Like all of these things that I was, I think that maybe why I connected with this chapter so Mm -hmm. much is like, that doesn't matter. I think, you know, as far as age. And I think a lot of it is like, why are we surprised that they feel this way?
0: And it literally says the one part I underlined out of this huge page, and I know you had a lot more was the child is simply defending himself against being hurt again point blank. That's super simple, but that's exactly it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I with this section of fear of connection. Mm-hmm. Um really what I connected with like is just the fact that I get questioned about my trust issues all the time.
0: That's interesting.
1: Like it's just always like, "Well, just take a chance." I'm like, "That's the like I'm always like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like why would I ever do that?" And with things like this, the trust issues aren't just because, like, they don't come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, trust issues come from learning the behavior and the patterns. To us, trust is based, or trust issues and trust in general, is based on facts, logic, following patterns, not simply faith.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I don't have that. Right. Like, that doesn't compute in my brain at all. And I can't imagine that kind of thing coming after a pattern of abuse,
0: yeah, or neglect, neglect and abandonment, all those kinds
1: of things, like in foster care. Mm -hmm. Like this, all makes sense to me. I agree.
0: Oh, I love that. To trust is based on facts, logic, and following patterns, not faith.
1: Mm. Yep. So that's my, (laughs) I guess, first thought in this entire Mm -hmm. chapter. and then just kind of or in this section, like kind of acknowledging the fact that these are what the kids are going through. Um, I guess going on to that, I think. Did you have some stuff for the being empathetic?
0: Um a little bit uh with this, I think it's just making sure the adoptive parents have the empathy. Uh, with their past, with the adoptee, with the adoptee's past, just being without being intrusive, listening mm-hmm. without judgment, validating the feelings, and just trying to understand their helplessness and sorrow and like everything they've gone through, they're not going to fully understand. But just giving them that listening ear and allowing them to have that open and honest space is mm-hmm. going to help them at least begin to heal. It's not going to come day and night. It's not going to maybe ever happen. You know, it's not possi- entirely. Yeah to fully trust them or, you know, feel complete. It might not ever happen, especially right. being older. You've already gone through all of these years alone. Mm-hmm. So just be patient is the main thing I really took out of that for adoptive parents. Just be patient and be mindful of everything that you're portraying to them or telling them. And just, again, have no judgment. Just listen to the adoptee because we are the ones going through all of this.
1: Yeah. I think the other part of this section was just talking about how adoptees want security they want boundaries like they need those limits to kind of feel safe
0: yes and i think
1: that's really important like moving on to the next section just Mm -hmm. being about difficulties in school and um things like that is like there's a lot of anxiety that is just based on i guess lack of either routine like those kinds Mm -hmm. of things can really mess with that with that kind of anxiety and like I don't know. I think that that's really important to note as well. Yeah, they Um, talked about
0: how we, as I feel like adoptees, thrive on routine and consistency. mm -hmm. This gives us that sense of security. Exactly. And I totally agree to that. And kind of with our discussion questions that we have for each uh, chapter, I had one with this. Do other adoptees struggle with school and or did you feel the pressure from your adoptive parents Mm -hmm. kind of just measuring their own worth through your school performances was that in here it's at the bottom of 141 okay i saw that you had written a
1: page number i was like i didn't i don't feel like i saw that but and
0: like oh okay and i don't necessarily think i'm stupid but like i I don't know i did struggle in school and i don't and i don't know if that was just i don't know what that would stem from
1: see i know i had trouble concentrating and like Mm -hmm. focusing on it
0: i would sleep in school all the time oh wow Yeah, I it was it was bad. And I wonder if it was just, you know, my depression at that point or whatever Mm. it was like, I did not care and like concentrating. Sure. But it was just interesting. Like, I didn't get the pressure from my adoptive parents. Like, oh, you need to be certain, certain, you know, like they were. (laughs) Yeah, they just, you know, I think they did well at just kind of understanding, you know, like you're struggling. What can we do? Yeah. Yeah. But I know a lot of people, even non-adopted people have that high standard from their parents that make it even harder to concentrate or do well. Because then you're
1: afraid and it totally messes with you. Absolutely.
0: And so I just wonder, do other people have that experience? And do you think it's related to being adopted or not? Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I
1: thought that just being acknowledged here was really good, especially with it being about older adoptees. Like You're suddenly coming in, like this kid is coming into your life. Going to school at a probably a new place, like all of those factors that mm-hmm. need to be considered, and they're expected to do well in school. Like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So I'm glad that they had that in here. They I agree. also then talk about teachers' responsibilities and just, which I was kind of not expecting, but I'm glad that they I kind of involved
0: them. This little part was good too. And I highlighted the simple acknowledgement of the child's feelings is good rather than criticizing their behavior calming Mm. and positive effect of them if you just ask them like hey it looks like you're struggling go get a glass of water or put your head down until you can concentrate again instead of like get out of the room you're causing a distraction or something like that like those two different things make the world and i Mm -hmm. feel like my mom was a teacher so she had that calming effect of like okay i get it just take a break for now instead of like why why are you awful at this why aren't you focusing better you know so i think that helped but it was just very interesting
1: yeah I really enjoyed the fact that those were acknowledged here. Um, Moving on to the next section, uh, discussing the biological family, I had quite a bit notated here. Um, I guess just kind of taking note again, this is probably an older child. One thing I highlighted was, although it makes no sense to such a child to say that his mother really loved him when he probably remembers the abuse, neither is it right to make disparaging remarks about any child's biological parents, no matter the circumstances of the separation. I think yes. that's a very good rule of thumb because mm-hmm. that can cause a really complicated like relationship slash complex. I feel like mm-hmm. kind of around like, that.
0: How should I feel, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like,
1: okay, my parents feel this way or like my, mm-hmm. you know, second parents, yeah. you know, feel this way. It's like, um going on to that it says acknowledge his feelings without voicing their own is how it should all be and it says we all like to be able to complain about our families but we don't like to hear anyone else do so and i think we can all kind of agree Mm -hmm. with that like that's totally a thing
0: absolutely and adopting an older child Mm -hmm. often means they have memory of their biological family parents siblings um, other relatives. So that's all very prominent in their mind. So I think that's just a good thing to keep in mind as well. Like they do have recollection compared to us where it's like those fantasies, you know, Mm -hmm. it's completely, completely different. Exactly.
1: Uh, another thing I wanted to mention here is just talking about, um, rules for speech and behavior. When one adopts abused children, uh, basically allowing the child to express his anger verbally, even if this means swearing, swearing is only words is what this Mm -hmm. says. I'm like, I think that that's really interesting. Uh, That paragraph finishes by saying, as I said before, these children did not ask for their lives to be manipulated in this way. And they have no reason to be grateful for it. We've talked about that quite a bit, just as far as people saying like, Oh, you're so blessed. You're chosen. You should be, (laughs) you know, grateful, blah, blah, blah. Like, being grateful is just such a loaded you know bs i feel like at this point and it's just like especially if you're coming into a situation where either it's a foster to adopt or like um you know any of those kinds of situations where you're an older kid and you grew up with these you know with this family and there could have been any sorts of reasons that caused you to be put into foster care like you have no reason to be grateful Mm -hmm. like that's insane so like let your kids wear, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at <laughs> at this point. Don't shame them for it. Exactly. It's like, it's just words. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else on that? No. Okay. Not. Um. Did you have anything on the next couple section?
0: I... I didn't honestly. I think I really like what really stuck out to me was the beginning of the book, um, and maybe at the very end, but nothing okay. too much with like. I think you had some with the healing.
1: You know, I thought I did. I didn't un- underline a whole lot, and actually, more of the next chapter goes into a little bit more of like kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Um. So I'll go into that a little bit later in the in our next chapter. Uh. Although there is, I guess, for the healing of the adopted parents, one thing I noted was this section like i don't know i guess all that i wrote down was like maybe it's just because of where i'm at today but this made me feel really guilty kind of just goes to show that there's a lot of healing still to do and it kind of never stops uh but it says like adult adoptees who are reading this book might be surprised to know that their parents need to heal too and it's like a lot of it kind of is going back from um how maybe an adopted child like address their parents when they were younger mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know i don't know if you were like me as a teenager but it was like i was so reluctant to I, I really have or i didn't feel like i was gonna have that relationship with my parents the way that like maybe my sister did or something like that where it was like or that you see
0: your friends having exactly with their that's a really
1: good point actually comparing yourself to like your friends and like what your uh friends and their mom can talk about or yeah. something like compared to like what i would i was like this feels like, I'm not going to
0: have that. Yeah. And like, I think I've said this before. It's almost felt like an aunt or like some something that was just wasn't like uh, it was just... that deep connection of what a mother should be mm-hmm. or what I thought it should be. And that, that's completely changed now. The older I've gotten, the Same. closer I've gotten. But looking back, I think that's why maybe where you said where you are at today, mm-hmm. kind of just closer to the age of when your parents got you, just like different things like that just opened your eyes on, wow, the healing process is huge. It's forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, and all parts of the triad have to heal. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So let's see. For the rest of this... Um,
1: the other thing I thought was interesting, actually, in the... Let me see. Bio, oh, okay. The bio-children section was talking about taking care of the bio, biological children, and uh, What did I say here? The way that I felt about this section was that it feels different than having grown up together. Like, I felt like this was talking about how in a older adopted child with them being raised with, like, a bio child, let's say there's two kids, the bio child feels more as though, like, the adopted child is getting the attention or is getting more of the, you know... Nurtured, I don't know, privilege, privilege whatever. whatever, yeah, I don't know, like attention, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, and I guess it was more so like I didn't feel like I was needing to be the center focus necessarily. Like I feel like we were raised the same, yeah. So I thought that was just kind of interesting, where it was like, hmm, I wonder what that's like. First, like for the bio child, but also for the adoptee of that dynamic.
0: I know, and I just feel like it's. Similar in my experience also. just But having a brother versus a sister, you know, like boy and girl, I think it just didn't really stick out to me either. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like the younger sister. And sometimes the younger sister already gets that protection and different privileges than a brother does because we have different needs. So I just Mm -hmm. think that's very interesting. I didn't really have too much off that either, but I think it's just... It, I think it would be very different to yeah. come in as an older adoptee For with sure. that one. For sure.
1: Uh, let's see. The other section, did you have anything else in this area? No,
0: I have one at the very last okay. section.
1: The only other thing I wanted to go over was mm-hmm. the, a chip off the old block was talking about how children feel pressure to live up to some preconceived expectations. It says coming more from the father than the mother. I'm not, I guess that's not something that I identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, More so, I suppose, kind of connecting back to, like, the bio child is just, like, I was not, like, how, like, if the way that my sister is similar to my parents, I had none of that. Yeah. So, it was, like, that I kind of felt where it was, like, hey, I'm not the same as the three of you, like... different. yeah, Yeah. Like, I feel like that was something that I, that I really connected with, um... And like one quote that I had highlighted was adopted children are already very good at living the false self and any attempt to mold them into the father's image of what he or she should be like will only serve to bury deeper this true self and feed the fuel of accompanying conscious or unconscious rage. And that's not exactly something that I'm like, word for word, like I get, but it's kind of like, if you try to mold them into something that you're like wanting so deeply and it's not something that's going to happen. It's going to upset the both of you.
0: Yeah. And so. that happens so often. hmm So often. Adopted or not, I see that all the time with people. For sure. And the disappointment continues to happen. Like just Exactly. Those expectations are something that are just almost um, unattainable. Exactly. No, I totally agree yeah. with that. Lastly, for me, I think... Mine was on the last section of adoptive parents do make a difference. I I agree with a lot of what it's saying. I definitely do. Um, you know, adoptive parents have a great responsibility, and unique relationship with their adopted child or children. But one part that stuck out to me that I was just like, no, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Is they can they can and must help to heal the wounds of their child. And I just, I took it as I disagree because I think the child, me, I have to do the healing. Like they can't help me heal through all these different things I'm doing. And I think like going through the reunion phase, going through coming out of the fog, they had no, nothing to do with that. That was something I had to do for myself. And that's something Mm. that i had to because you know i don't have that like deep conversations with them like that so it's like something i had to do they didn't guide me to come out of the fog they didn't guide me to do their reunion they were there for like support but like nothing more than that so i just felt like i disagreed because they Hmm. can and must help heal the wounds
1: see i think that's interesting because although I felt very similarly, like I wasn't having these deep conversations, I wasn't getting that necessarily Mm -hmm. from them. It's still, I mean, it could have even, I guess where I was at, it could have been a lot less support or a lot more support. True. And so had there been different types of support, I should say different, not more or less, but like the differing types of support where maybe As a younger person, like maybe in my teen years, I, it would have been encouraged to uh, find a therapist that was more specific. And like, although I saw a therapist that I think had adopted children, that doesn't really do much. Like, I feel like there needed to be more specific (laughs) ways of that or, and again, that's not necessarily for my situation specifically, but there could be ways of adoptive parents aiding that kind of healing I mean, granted, for me, True. it's like I, I would have welcomed that kind of healing earlier in my life. I just didn't get there. And it took me a long time to get myself there mm-hmm. to, like, figure that out and be like, this is what we need to be working on. Like, this is why I think therapy for other things was only getting me so far because there was still this that, like...
0: Yeah. I wasn't
1: addressing head on in therapy
0: until I was 27. Yeah. Like that's a long time. And I guess that's a good point because they can do certain things, but maybe a lot of adoptive parents don't know the exact steps of what to do and what others need. And that's a really good point point and really good because they haven't gone
1: through it yeah the most part they probably haven't or you know that's obviously why i'm
0: only speaking for the ones that haven't yeah but. and i feel like that's why i disagreed because it's like we are the ones who go through it we are the ones who know exactly what we need Do to we heal know? no but like better than our adoptive parents see i don't know if i 100 percent agree with that
1: to every extent mm-hmm. because i feel like who a person is let's say me at 29 is a very different person, regardless of my adoption status, than at 15. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom there. There's a lot of life lived. And it's like, there are elements of that that can at least guide you in the right direction, being like, you know, either some type of resource, like, and now kids that are growing up obviously have resources like us, where it's like, you know, podcasts are so normal, you know, going on TikTok, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, social media is so normalized, where it's like, You know, starting to send someone maybe resources like, you know, friends of mine, we always exchange certain things, talking about boundaries, for instance, things that, you know, people say, hey, I think this would be really good for you to read. Granted, you're not as receptive to that probably as a teenager, but at the same time, those kinds of things could be approached differently and in a way that's like, you know, a gentle nudge. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily... Obviously, although there are differing, differing ways of growing up for adoptive child and adoptive parent, there still is something, I think, to be said as far as parents being encouraged to try a little harder, I suppose, that's kind of mm-hmm. where I come from
0: with that. Sure. And I think that's something we can even dive deeper into and maybe yeah. do. Yeah. start doing our panels that we've talked about, our different resources page of something that we can really help focus on what adoptive parents can do to help you heal because I felt like it was a lot on our part that we had to do even though we had supportive parents yeah I think it's interesting
1: yeah I think it would just be something that would benefit adoptees earlier in life you know like yeah I think it would be a really good you know normalize like normalizing that In your teen years, because we've Mm -hmm. talked about that a million times where it's like, I was really struggling then, but I didn't know how to voice it because I didn't know how to voice anything in my teen years. You know, I had no idea what was going on. I was dumb, whatever. But like now it's, I feel like those, like, because mental health is being talked about so much now, it's, we're at a really, really prime, you know, time where we can help facilitate that kind of thing and say like, these are the kinds of things we'd recommend this is normal. I think a lot of teenagers are probably more normalized Mm -hmm. into like seeing a therapist, finding mental health resources, you know, things like that. I
0: think
1: we're also just in a very different
0: time. Yeah. So it makes sense, but. And that can change the whole dynamic on a lot of healing and different support. And even just here, it just says gain support from people who have had or are having similar experiences. And I think that Mm -hmm. is something adoptive parents can do to help your child heal. And Mm -hmm. I, I guess I got that a little bit, but I just felt like I don't know. We can go circles and circles on this, but it's just interesting how people feel they heal and if adoptive parents really do make that difference or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, The only other things that I kind of noted on the end of this chapter was just kind of acknowledging the fact that, um, you know, adoptive parents, like it is a lot to handle and people yeah. need to be very aware of that. You know, the challenge does seem overwhelming Uh and also just the last last line in this chapter just says, meanwhile, society can help by having a more realistic attitude towards adoption in all its myriad aspects. And I think that that's a thousand percent accurate, where it's like, is this being realistically looked at? Like, sh- there probably should be also something more from maybe the um, organizations or the agencies that do the adoption. Like, why aren't they f- more involved later yes. in life? Like, I feel like they should be... A resource for all of the triad, which the next chapter goes more into the actual triad and things like with healing and such. So we'll go into that for the next one. But in this particular aspect, it's like, they literally just, and I hate to say this phrase, but because it's such a business now, it's like, they do the transaction and they're out. Yep. Why are they not there as parts of support later? Agreed. Everybody needs that. They should be the ones facilitating that. Like, if not, if there's not a comfortable conversation with adoptive parents and their kid, maybe
0: they'd be a good third party that's neutral. Exactly. Neutral-ish,
1: I guess. I don't know. And then
0: they can also have these different groups because they have that community already. We cracked the case. (laughs) (laughs) We we did it. We did it. Our job is done here. Yeah. <laughs> just well, we did it. Yes, <laughs> we're done.
1: This is the end. No,
0: not really. Oh,
1: gosh. We it's should. Just yeah, the beginning. Literally, though, that is really, though, that's what we should be doing. So overall,
0: what, what did you <sighs> feel or think on this chapter? This chapter,
1: I did feel pretty validated, I suppose. Um, after reading it, know it's based off of a, like, older like adopted children I still felt like there was a lot to connect with and I guess for some reason what thing like one thing I wrote down after this was like I'm trying my best Mm -hmm. like that was something that I just kind of felt like it was like it came at me with like the trust issue kind of thing and people just always saying you have to trust and I was like that's not how it works for me but this was really validating and saying that adoptees don't trust for a reason um also kind of just made me feel like the way to care for either foster kids or older or older adoptees is so up in the air and not definitive and it's not I don't know if there's really enough out there to really say what to do and Mm -hmm. granted every kid and every parent is different but it's like I think there needs to be more and obviously like that whole system is messed up so it's like there needs to be more on getting the families the need to like, or the help to nurture those children.
0: Absolutely. I definitely agree with what you just said in that. And I kind of just felt like with my notes here uh, that I took after I read the chapter initially, it was just like, even though this chapter is very relatable, you know, just kind of with being adopted, I also felt like I couldn't fully relate. Um, Not only was I a baby when I was adopted, I was not an adult or an adult adoptee, even a preteen, like any of those ages that are Even six, you know, just having some type of recollection of what was going on. But I also never had that abuse or the continued unknown moving from home to home, um, just in the foster care system. I just felt like what you said, those resources lack so much. Mm -hmm. And the reality of someone in foster care is still pretty hush hush. Mm -hmm. Like it's never really talked about in depth on how traumatic that is. And um, it didn't talk about this in the book, but I was just thinking about the topic of foster care um, about how not everybody gets adopted. Oh, I know. And being 18 and just being like, all right, you made it. Here you go. You know, like that is something in itself. And being in foster care, being adopted through foster care, whatever the case may be, you're just overlooked so often as an adult. It's just awful through those traumatic mm-hmm. experiences. And I just can't even explain that. It's a whole nother chapter, a whole nother book of things that we can do, but um, I don't know. I just felt like that's a whole nother ball game, and I would just like to dive deeper into that and figure out what we can do and what resources we can provide to those type of adoptees mm-hmm. as well, because we haven't had that you know, um, personal connection through foster care or anything like that. You know somebody, but we haven't gotten couple, in yeah. depth of what that's like, and I think that would just be awesome to be able to give those people those resources also and, and that be that support. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a really good point. Um, Yeah. I think that that's really well said as far as the whole chapter, Um, as far as our discussion questions, obviously this chapter being about older children as adoptees, we can open these up to questions just about adoptees in general for our opinions. Uh, And then they can stay open-ended. But of course, if you are an adoptee that was, um, you know, adopted as an older child, definitely please contribute to these. Um, One thing that was kind of talked about with, like, parents and just kind of, I think, the the risk that the adult child, or not adult, I want to need to stop saying that. I know, I kept saying that too. Yeah, older adoptee um, kind of questions as far as the issue with trust with their parents is the question of their permanence. Looking back on your behavior as a child, do you think there are any moments that you had that you were questioning your parents' permanence? I would
0: say no. I don't think so. I'm just trying to think about it. That's a good question. And I think that that would resonate more with somebody who was adopted
1: yeah, as an Yeah, I would kid, think so but... too,
0: but like, no, not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. I think
1: for me it was, like, it wasn't really necessarily their permanence, but it was, like, when there would be some kind of thing that I wouldn't fall into the same way maybe my sister did. Where sure. Where I was not living up what to you those expectations. About. I mm-hmm. was like, then what? What's going to happen to me? Yeah. Like, am I just not living up to these expectations? Right. Like, what are they going to do when they figure that out when I'm not living up to that?
0: Interesting. No, I don't think I've ever felt that.
1: Yeah. I think hmm. more older kids are probably going to
0: yeah. agree with that
1: um and i think you went over the other question just did other adoptees struggle in school or feel the pressure from your adoptive parents measuring their own worth uh through your school performance which we obviously already talked about so that's chapter 11 um we're obviously in the i think this is the healing section (laughs) of the book so there's obviously still a lot to break down um chapter 12 is talking more about the triad itself so there's a lot more to unpack obviously and we're uh finishing chapter 11 of 16 so we're almost done with the book if you guys have any i know but we've made a lot of headway and i think we've learned a lot along the way so i'm excited to kind of get these last few chapters out for you guys um obviously if there are any questions or feedback or anything else that you guys want to have us talk about or any books that you suggest that maybe we read in the future or at least do a an episode on where we can talk about it please send those our way um Otherwise, I guess this kind of concludes chapter eleven.
0: Yeah, thank you for being our supporters and listening and watching us.
1: Check us out on social media. Yes, you follow should do leg- that part. Sorry, follow, like, subscribe, <laughs> send us reviews. Um, follow us on TikTok. Yeah, Colombian I think so. Yes, we do some stupid things. We do some good things. I don't know. There's a mix. So check us <laughs> out. Otherwise, obviously, you can get Primal Rule, Primal Wound. Wow, I can't speak English anymore. Primal Wound. On bookshop.org, go to our bookshop and then we get part of those, um, the profits from the book. And this way we're supporting, uh, something else besides Jeff Bezos. So check us out. Uh, until next time. Later. Bye.